Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's very prepared for this. He's so prepared for this podcast that the audience are in awe of it and excited about it. He's Richard Harry. Please welcome him. Hello. Thank you very much. Hello. Watch this rubbish chair. Where is the me? What's this? Where's my nice chair? Welcome to Richard Harry's Letters Square Theatre podcast, or as some of the cool kids have started calling it, Raha Lustaper. You're not cool, that's, the, that's what the cool kids uh, are calling it. Uh, I, uh, this week I've been mainly uh, in, to thank the people at home who, uh, and maybe here in the room who uh, contributed to the Kickstarter campaign. I've been making more t-shirts, I'm still not, I've done 67 of the 74 t-shirts I've got to make. I should be doing proper work. I've also been drawing around my hand. Uh, this is... Uh, this is an example of that. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. I've got to do that 600 times. I mean, who would really want that? That's the question. That's, it's massively inconvenient. I thought, oh, that'll be easy. That chair, people give 20 quid, they get a picture of my tiny hand. I didn't really think it was going to take me three weeks to achieve. And a lot of pens. And yes, I've got some stuff on mine. And I've had quite a week. Um, we've, oh, the new posters are out for uh, my new show, Happy Now. Chris Evans, not that one. Put in, a, put in the poster here now. Ooh. 
it's, fade, it's faded to the poster there. Uh, and uh, you can come and see that show. I'm, all the tour dates are on my website. And also, I'm doing all 12 of my stand-up shows at the Leicester Square Theatre. And there's a poster for that. Ooh, it might be too late for the people at home to see some of them. Ooh, there it is. I'm very excited about those. Uh, that's more for the people at home. Uh, but uh, I have... Uh, uh, I smashed uh, my bedroom mirror uh, this week. Uh, I was tra- we're trying to, I'm trying to sell my house uh, in Shepherd's Bush, which is difficult to do because it's a real shithole. Uh, so to convince, uh, you know, I'm trying to convince people that it's worth spending lots of money to come and live there. It's difficult. Uh, so you've just got to lie. I've had people throw eggs at my house this year. I've had a man shit in my front garden. I mean, look, this, you, do, you can't put that, you don't put that on the... That isn't there at the bottom. How many people have shit, shitted in the front garden this week? It's only happened once. I, you know, it's once. I've lived there for 13 years, as far as I know. I might come down and look at my front garden and find there's a whole load of tramp shit down in there. But, you know, it's, uh, at least I have a house and a toilet. So, you know, yeah, look on the bright side. Uh, but um, I smashed my mirror just as someone... I was, I was moving stuff around just as someone was coming around my house. And then, weird, you know, that's not part of the house. It's my bedroom mirror. But then I had, like, ten minutes to try and hide this broken mirror. Because, weirdly, that just feels like if you walked into a house... And there's a smashed mirror and glass everywhere. I don't think you would buy the house. Even, you know, that's not part of the house. That, um, that will be. I think you would be suspicious. Because there's that kind of supernatural worry, isn't there? I think about uh, that you may get seven years bad luck uh, if you if you smash a mirror. But the woman who came around the house seemed to quite like it. I then had to go to a doctor's appointment and get some results. And the result that was mainly good news. Uh, and I'm quite old now. It's never going to be all good news. Uh, it's not as bad as it could have been. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and lots of lots of kind of cool things uh, were, were happening that were that were, were nice. So I actually wonder if smashing a mirror is good luck because I sort of figure like a mirror. I've had that mirror for fifteen years in my bedroom. It's like a standalone mirror, and all the things that mirror has seen in those fifteen years. <laughs> the me- the million, li- literally millions of people have come through those doors. Hundreds of thousands of them have left. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> And, you know, the thing is, actually quite good. Like, in a way, that mirror holds the ghosts of all the past, doesn't it? Of all the people in the past. It's like a fresh... To smash a mirror, that is a fresh start. You know? Or does it mean that there are just now millions of fragments of all those things somewhere else? Well, I've thrown it away anyway, so it's, not, it's gone now. But that's quite an interesting philosophical uh, point. Uh, and I took, uh, I took my baby uh, to a wedding last weekend. And uh, it's, it's good being a baby, because you're the centre of attention. My baby's very sociable, unlike me. I'm, I'm, I'm useless at parties. I don't really like being in crowds of people unless they're all sitting in rows in darkness staring at me. And I love that, but I don't like being... So I'm very unsociable. She's Because she smiles at everyone she sees. Everyone uh, loves her. And also it's quite cool because she's very sociable then she gets a bit tired and then she goes to sleep. And it kind of made me think, I'd quite like... I'd quite like that. And as an adult, I'd quite like just someone to push me around in a pram, like a giant pram. And I wear a nappy. And, they, and like, I know there are, there are services you can go to where you can pay for this. But I don't want, it's not a sexual thing. I don't get, I, once we and poo get involved in sex, that's the end of sex for me. And that's, that's where I go, well, it's time for the sex to stop. There is some poo here. I'm not interested in that. You have seemed to have urinated. Let's stop having sex. I have urinated on myself. Perhaps you should go. That is where... So it's not a sexual thing for me, but it'd be quite convenient just to not have somebody who would change your nappy for you and just a massive stroller you could just lean back in and go to sleep every couple of hours. I mean, I think that could be... I might take that to Dragon's Den. That might be my new Dragon's Den. But anyway, look, we've, uh, we've got two podcasts hopefully to record this evening. I mean, sorry, next week's it's coming up as well. And... Um, <laughs> It may not come up. With the, uh, the, other, the other guest is on the back of a motorcycle uh, from Pinewood, being from, like it's like, it's like a, 
challenge Annika or something. Actually, she'd be good. I might get her on. She'd be good. Uh, so, uh, will you please welcome my guests uh, this evening? Uh, they are probably best known. She is probably best known as Miscellaneous in Shoreditch Twat. <laughs> and he is best known. He is best known for appearing on Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I think it's fair. I don't think that's arrogant. I think it's fair to say that is what. Most of you will know him, please, from... Will you please welcome Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney, ladies and gentlemen, here they are. Unbelievable. Utterly unbelievable. Come in. You can sit where you like. Thank you. Come in. Sit down. How are you doing? It's actually really challenging to play miscellaneous. <laughs> it is. What was... Uh, what does Shoreditch twats... Did you not see it? I haven't seen it. I know everyone else is. That's why they're here to talk uh, about. Well, it was actually it was really good. Yeah, it actually. sounds like it would be. Um, it, was, it was sort of a pre-Nathan Barley type um, thing that we made a pilot of, and then it didn't go any further. Right. Um, but Miscellaneous was my was the best character <laughs> in the show. Yeah, well, it's sure that she's kind of got more Nathan Barley since Nathan Barley now, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, everyone looks like that now. Uh, no, you would right. fit in very well. This is just because I'm lazy. It has nothing to do with that shortage <laughs> bullshit. Shortage twat. Which one? <laughs> but uh, I mean, I don't mind it all. There's a big. There was a big quiz on uh, the internet today, having to go at all the stupid businesses in shortage, like yes. people um, going to buy. It's just cereal coffee. And stuff. I don't mind. That. I think <laughs> it's those, like artisan. Those coffee. two guys who serve. They've done a recipe book for cereal now. The two, there's two guys who look like you, except they've got grey hair. <laughs> so it's like a mixture of you and me, actually. Uh, and uh, and they have a shop where they sell cereal. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. cereal killer. Yeah, I think that's quite nice. I like cereal. Okay. Like people going, it costs five pounds. You can buy a pack of cereal for two pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever been to a restaurant? They don't. They don't charge. <laughs> not a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I know he's just pouring some milk on some cereal but he's still making something. Uh, I'm, I'm quite behind those guys, but they've got a recipe book out, which I think might be pushing it a bit far. Aren't they, aren't they twins as well? I That's my whole problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just twinny weirdos. Adult, adult, to the twinny weirdos adult twins can, can be scary. Not always. I have one pair of adult friends that I love dearly. <laughs> but a lot of times when you see adult ones, especially I think those, those guys dress alike, yeah. no, don't do that. <laughs> Most twins die as children become ghosts, I think, is it's unusual for twins to get to adulthood. That's yeah. why, I think that's why it's... Yeah, un- one kills the other one. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the womb, normally. Sometimes yeah. they, 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 they feast off each other. <laughs> what do you remember about... Oh, that's on? what I think about us. That's honestly. actually a serial topping in that <laughs> No, when people say, like, are you guys lovers in real life? I'm like, no, we're kind of more like fraternal twins as... Why did that stop working then? <laughs> you even invoke with adult twins and electricity storms here <laughs> stuff. It's because my microphones won't allow you to tell a lie, Rob. That okay. is what it is. <laughs> hey, I tried. I tried. We have it on our thing. We say we're not lovers. You just got to say it once. Now it's uh, whatever. Well, let's, well, as we've got onto, let's get straight onto that. Because obviously I mainly want to talk about the sexual chemistry between the two of you. Which is, uh, if you've seen Catas- Catastrophe, is, uh, which is a fantastic uh, sitcom. And I think generally... I mean, there are some brilliant sitcoms at the moment. I genuinely think there are some fantastic sitcoms out there that may being made in Great Britain. But I think this is... Uh, possibly going to be seen as the kind of classic sitcom of the era because it's it's like a, a new thing. I'm not going to lick your assholes any more than that. Uh, but it's, it's not. It feels wrong that I'm being nice to nice to the guests. I'll turn that around pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, there, there is a very strong sexual chemistry between the two of you, and I think all of the viewers, even though it's we know it's pretend, 
Uh-huh. We would like it if you genuinely got together in real life. Uh-huh. As you, much as that would hurt your You know his wife has just had a baby. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I would leave five. I'm not sure that's the loveliest wish I've ever I know, heard. but I still uh. think we, even though five children would be from broken homes <laughs> and two, two partners would be very, I'm presuming I'm happy, maybe not, yeah. uh, then... I still think the viewing public would like to... And then you could do a sitcom about that, about two twatty actors who uh, ruin, yeah. ruin each other. But there, it is... Do they, how, do they, how do your partners feel about it? Because you're kind of having a quite a sexy time together in this... There's some, in, there in is this sexy time. There is, yeah. How do they feel about it? Uh, I think they feel okay generally. Yeah, I mean, I is that how you want to frame it? I mean, my... <laughs> my I mean, you can speak. You, why don't we? It should be separate answers. My wife doesn't care for it. <laughs> you know? Ha ha! ha somebody put in a punchline. Edit in that I said a joke. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I, yeah, that probably is true. My, my husband doesn't care for it. No. But um, it's more sort of when my daughter deliberately um, winds him up about it. Like oh. she started asking him. You know, no, she started asking me around him what yeah. it's like to kiss you. Oh. <laughs> what a little bitch! Oh, oh. I was out like doing stand up, not with you the other night, and, and my uh, two year old said to, to my wife, she said, uh, he said, uh, is, is daddy with Sharon? <laughs> and my, my wife just like shook her head and was like, this is very sad. <laughs> but the, I mean, the, the reality of it is that it's completely unsexy, and because Rob. Is very hairy, and <laughs> that means that a lot of sweat forms and smells. And so, uh, generally, he's kind of looming over me <laughs> with, a, with a sort of handmade. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did make it by hand. I remember they asked me, How big should I make it? And I was like, Well, don't insult me, but also not that big. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little handmade felt. Sort yeah. of. Is it felt? I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's, there's a lycra element. It's stretchy. Yeah. Just in um, case. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just a little sack for his cock and balls. Yeah. yeah. And then you, you thought that it would be better for everyone if you didn't wear it. You felt that it was... Um, just because... You to set you straight, but... No, no you're like, please wear it. Here's the thing, though. It looks... What I'm saying is, it, visually, it looks... You would, I think you might, rather, you might not rather have him looming over you and actively sweating liquid sweat onto you, but you might rather aesthetically look at a naked man than this thing because it's a horrible pouch. So you just have like a unified blubbin hanging out under like a hair cloud. So it just, it looks very wrong. It looks wrong is what it looks like. You know, you'd rather it touch you than my actual penis. <laughs> But, uh, we, um, when I, we were doing a, an interview in, in, in the States because the show cause I, has just gone out there. It's on in a lot of countries. And, uh, <laughs> and I, was, I was talking about <laughs> the smell <laughs> when, when we're filming um, sex scenes and you were mm-hmm. like, well, I, I love that you're just blaming the smell on me. And I went, well, <laughs> I don't make as much smell as you. And you're, you're mm-hmm. like, well, you're not making the air any sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's because there was one scene where we were both under, we were like in a fort and the more takes we did, the worse it got under there. And I wasn't the only person there. <laughs> <laughs> so... You met each other on Twitter. 
Sure. And then, <laughs> and then it all progressed from there. Yeah. It's quite. That's quite. Annoying. So you were you were a fan of? I read you were a fan of Sharon oh, yeah. at first, and then yeah. you stalked her on Twitter. Yes. Until she agreed to do a show with you. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I just wrote her and said, thank you for following me. Is there a glitch on your computer that you follow some <laughs> idiot uh, who at the point, like, worked at the way echelons below a mail room at a financial newspaper, calling people on the telephone being like, would you like to buy a terrible newspaper that was responsible for the recent global financial collapse? And they would say no. And i go like, I know, me neither. And make less than minimum wage. I'm pretty sure that direct message was sent from, like, there. Um, and uh, then we just became friendly. I, then, you know, we would hang out when I did stand-up over here, or if she came over to L.A. To, to make a pilot or something, and then we just kind of found out that we laughed at the same things and stuff. So we decided to make a, a, a successful TV show. <laughs> <laughs> we went for a, co- a coffee together, and we found that we mm-hmm. had great sexual chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> we have to channel this in some way. It won't hurt our family too much, only in a weird way. I, I think, you know, that's good. That as a performer, that is one of the perks. I'm always looking for ways to cheat on my wife that aren't, don't count. <laughs> and that, it, you can do that. If you're acting, it's allowed. Right. Right, so that's yeah. allowed. My other one that I've come up with, she won't let me do this, is have sex with a robot. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Well, I think that? that's, a, I don't think that's cheating. How, what kind of, like, like a very realistic, realistic human. <laughs> like the woman in Humans, the very yeah. sexy woman. You mean, you she's like, a robot. You wanna... She's not a human, she's a robot. So it's not cheating, it's just yeah, the same yeah. as having sex with a, <laughs> like with a hairdryer or something. But would she mind if you had uh, an affair with like a blow-up doll? I mean, oh, well, that's it... what I'm saying. Would she, would she probably wouldn't mind that. <laughs> so that's what, at what point does it become yeah. that cheating? I, don't, I think if it's not a human being. I would what if, ask. You sta- if you staple a microchip to <laughs> yeah. a real human woman? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to Alex Krotowski on one of my shows, who's a science uh, journalist. And she said even fillings count as uh, as kind of robotic enhancement. So I suppose if we get uh, that's okay. so, so we could start pushing it. We could start pushing at. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so you said I could have sex with a robot, and yeah. this makes a person a kind of cyborg. Sure, sure. So oh God, I have metal in my arm. Oh, there you go. I'll jerk you off after. What? <laughs> You have metal too. I've got metal in my head. Yeah. Hey now, fantastic. Threesome. <laughs> it's a robotic threesome. No, I haven't got. I'm, well, I've got one filling, so that's okay. good. We're off. Yeah. We're, we're, we've got. We're covered. Uh, and uh, you got Carrie Fisher in uh, your sitcom. How did that happen? <laughs> we saw her give an award to Graham Norton last year at the Attitude Magazine Awards. And, um, <laughs> I just had a chocolate milkshake with Oreo and a cheeseburger and fries with Sharon. That's why I'm still digesting it. Um, and and Sharon and she the award that she gave was she was amazing. And her speech she wrote herself and was just brilliant. And Sharon said we should get her to play your mother. And I was like, fuck off, you're drunk. And uh, and then then we just sent her the pilot and the script, and she amazingly agreed to do it. I don't think she even believed it was a show, really. Uh, you're right. <laughs> she just wanted a jolly to London. But, yeah, um, I know. I think she just like only just found out that it was a real show and watched it because we saw her tweeting about it. She was right. like, oh, "I finally watched it. What do you know? It's pretty good." That's how she talks now. <laughs> you, I don't know if you, I can't remember if you do many scenes actually with her. There's a lot on the phone, isn't there? Or is that? Did you uh, it is a, a telephonic relationship, yeah, but it's a robust one. Yeah. But it's um, we we used TV trickery. We were actually yeah. in the same you room were. We were, at yeah. the time. So you did. Were you excited? Because I get overexcited oh. with things. Oh, we were so excited. Freaked we were out. we were just discussing idiots 
We were kind of following her around a little bit. We were all like hanging around outside her door. <laughs> I made a really bad joke because she brought her dog over with her and her dog has like a permanent lolling tongue. And she was talking about how much she loved the dog. And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're single. A dog's got a lot. Look at that tongue. And then, and then it was like, you know, no laughter. And, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, and we tried to hang out with her afterwards. Yes. We, we got her email and her, and her phone number. We were like, yeah. let's go for dinner. And, and she didn't respond. <laughs> Thanks, <silence>. Mom. <laughs> well, maybe in the next... There is, you, are, you are doing another series, aren't you? That, sure are. Yeah. 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 Can you tell me everything that happens in it now? <laughs> we have our one little factoid that we're telling people. Okay. That it doesn't begin where the last one ended. Oh. Yeah, that's it. It's on Is another it? planet. No, it's a, <laughs> more of a time thing. Uh, a bit of a leap forward. Yeah. Cool. I really like... Without, without giving... <laughs> without giving... To, maybe this gives a bit away, but in the first series, I really loved the way... The, well, in the, towards the end of the, the last show, you're having a nice time and in, yeah. the, in the bedroom, and then it very quickly turns into a kind of stupid argument that you can't yeah. really see. It's so real. So, well, it's so, but you never see that. It's so, you know, you're being nice to each other, and then it becomes... A really yeah. horrific argument like you have when you're in relationships yeah. with people. Yeah, it's just so good. I mean, I don't really. Oh, thanks. I mean, I'm presuming they come. I did, but I, so when I, I've been arguing with my wife quite a lot this this week. Good. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I hope just out of time. So we've been together for seven years, and I sure. think we're all right. Yeah. Uh, but because uh, this never really happens, but because we're very tired, because we have a tiny sure. human being sucking all. Uh, oh. Literally everything out of us. No, not that came out. So we've been a bit tired, but it's, it's the way that like something that's very innocuous, and you're trying to help yeah. someone, yeah. and then suddenly you're both shouting at each other. I've been reading uh, a parenting book because my old—I now have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a two-month-old. And I've been reading this book about how with, like, two-year-olds and stuff, you can't really talk about the facts. Like, you can't be like, you shouldn't shit on the floor because, you know, like, because they don't understand stuff like that. So you just kind of have to relate to them more emotionally. So I'm actually trying to do that more with my wife now. Not listen to the words that she says, because they're fucking garbage. But uh, to just be like, "Uh," you know, read the cloud of emotion she's sending at me and more react to that. And that's a better way. And not to denigrate my wife, I know, because I'll be like... And I'll hear myself and I'll be like, doesn't make sense, not valid, not important. And so I think basically people should just be like, eh, to each other and we'd all be happier if you just kind of. I saw, I happened upon um, Rob's phone and saw um, <laughs> a long text from his wife, which was made, maybe a little bit complainy. And, and Rob's reply was just, I'm sorry. <laughs> And then you said that's going to infuriate her. And everything was like point, 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 question, query, point, and concern. And I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, was that a hard scene to write or was it an easy scene to write? Because you get to get that trans- transition between those two states, although it's sort of something that everyone will recognise, it's quite it hard fun. to work how you get there. It was I think fun it, to was, write. it was pretty hard to sort of condense it because it needs yeah. to be like two, two and a half minutes long yeah, yeah. or something like that. But it was easy to use our own unhappy marriages as experience. <laughs> <laughs> and then break off, make love, yeah. and then go back to <laughs> No, but, you know, what we try to do with this show is show that, like, 
marriage is interesting, right? And so we, you have fights that are like operatic, you know, and I, I just, the drudge of marriage is also accompanied by super crazy highs and lows and stuff. And, and so we wanted to show that, with, yeah. particularly with that episode, rather than just like, you know, she's annoying or he's, <laughs> oh, why does he, you know? Well, what I think was quite interesting about it is that, like, in most sitcoms, someone would be like written as a dick, you know, be going, uh-huh. oh, the guy's a d- he's got this girl pregnant and he's turned out to be a yeah. dick. And actually, although both the characters are stupid in their own ways, mm-hmm. they're quite decent human beings. What are you talking do- about? <laughs> <laughs> I know they're very heavily based on the two of you. I mean, they're, you know, they're decent human beings who are just trying to do their best and sometimes fuck up. Mm-hmm. I think that's well, what I think It's quite rare to see, yeah. even in drama, I think. Well, we really um, tried hard to make him not a dick, didn't we? We wanted yeah. him to sort of be a nice guy because we felt that you'd sort of so that's the kind of that's what you'd expect. You'd yeah. expect the guy to be like, oh, and the woman to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so we wanted to turn on its head a bit. Yeah, that's and it's it quite, but it's again, it's good. There's a very dramatic moment at the end of the first series, and yeah. it's there's there's proper like drama, and I mean, it's about someone getting cancer as well. <laughs> just a little barely. It's <laughs> just a tiny little bit. A little bit of that. Well, that's what happens, you know. I mean, what's a doctor wrote me on Twitter today saying, like, the medical inaccuracies frustrated me. And I, I drafted something to her and then deleted it because I've at least gotten to the point where I know not to respond to people online uh, unless they're verbally filleting me. Um, but uh, but the, everything met, the only thing in the show that is transcribed from our real lives is all the medical stuff. Stuff. Yeah, we might have had bad doctors, but we didn't decide to disseminate info yeah. that was in any way. All, other than all what that horrible to us. stuff is all either yeah. my pregnancies or his wife's yeah. pregnancies. Yeah. Or your pregnancy. My own. Yeah. <laughs> did you, were you spying on us? That's, <laughs> where, that's how you got all this stuff. How did they know <laughs> we were doing that? Um, well, let me, let's talk to you, Shan, because I know I've talked to Rob. He's quite, you know, he's an alcoholic and stuff and crashes his car. <laughs> Boring. Uh, so they've heard it all before. Your parents ran a turkey farm. Yeah. Well, good. Tell, me, tell me all about that. Do you really want yeah. to? I'm, I'm kind of interested in proper things that people... T- they were, right, were, you were born in a pub in London. And then I was you, born in a pub, and then like you, Jesus. And then you went to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went to Ireland to... I was work. born in the smoking area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was smoking area of a pub. Uh, no, my parents were Republicans. Yeah. Um, first of all, in London, and then publicans or republicans, <laughs> publicans. publicans. Okay. And uh, and then they made the inevitable jump into poultry farming. <laughs> um, I think because we're at the time it was just um, they had two young kids, and it's maybe not the best environment. Pub pub Surely, life. like loads of birds, is a much worse environment. For bird <laughs> There's a lot of bird <laughs> shit and disease. Well, uh, I uh, I don't know. It's quite easy to drink in a pub, I think. Yeah. So maybe that's not um, a great thing. And but um, actually, it was really nice as a kid being in a pub because people who are drunk and they're friendly and they buy you crisps and uh, which doesn't happen on a turkey farm so they they um they moved to Ireland and and um they we had lots of turkeys and every christmas my parents when we came of age would take us out of school and uh, employ us on their farm <laughs> and we would pluck turkeys and make our christmas money and buy like tape recorders and things so <laughs> What else can I tell you about it? I, don't know. I can tell you. I can tell you about. Uh, it's pretty easy to kill a turkey. Is it? Um, yeah, you, you hang them. I think there's machines, robots, uh, yeah. to do it now. That's but, my um, kind of robot. <laughs> it can be simultaneously killing a few birds. Uh, but back in the day, there was no robots, so you would um, you would hang them upside down, yeah. and 
and then um, local lads would walk around and uh, and they, you you grab the uh, turkey by its uh, head and you just give it a swift uh, little pull down, you break its neck, and uh, and then the best. I hope you're all. You sound like you're really enjoying this. Story. I think I think they all thought it was just a turkey farm where the turkeys went to live and had a lovely time. You looked after them. What? You killed the turkeys in an early in an early catastrophe draft. Sharon was like, so then Rob will kill a turkey so that she can achieve orgasm. And I'm like, no, normal people don't have to do that. But anyway, uh, they kill they kill the turkeys and they're still kind of you know in their death throes and. Um, and then you, you pluck it while it's still warm. Right. Uh, and then the, ter- the feathers... Just because it's more fun that way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I pluck a cold feathers, turkey. Oh. Feathers come out a lot easier. But um, it was lovely. Yes. We, we ate a lot of turkey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was always a new recipe involving <laughs> turkey. Because most people just have that for the week after Christmas. That was your whole life. Especially for life. most of the weeks that weren't Christmas. It was just, yeah. we haven't sold any turkeys again for some reason. <laughs> Then Christmas, oh, there's no tur- there's literally no turkeys. I don't- We've had a great week. Let's get more turkeys in. It's finally taken off. Merry Christmas, here's a turkey. But um, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. They're fun. When, they're fun when they're small because they're like cute little. You know, they're yellow and cute, and they're yeah. like little little chicks. And you can uh, you, they're they're in these lovely warm pens with sawdust and. Sometimes my dad would go down and after the pub and have a little sleep. <laughs> and, uh, and one time we found him like covered in chicks. They were all like getting <laughs> warm, <laughs> warm from his body. As a child, were you ever concerned about you know, the, the turkeys that were being killed? Because a lot of kids will go, oh, little lovely baby turkey. Uh, no. No, didn't no. Care. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I don't, no, I don't think so. No. Because you didn't equate the big, stupid, ugly um, things with the cute little... Not really. No. I, I, I got a bit concerned when um, we had... Um, two pet lambs um, and we called them chops and cutlets but um, I don't know why we did that because we really loved them and, uh, and then my, um, my dad um, was feeding me one day and he pointed out that the thing in between my um, baguette was a uh, baguette like I had a baguette in Ireland <laughs> um, between my you know potato but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these, <laughs> Beside my potato was my our, our pet lamb uh, cutlets, oh. and then I um, so I gave up meat then. Oh. Yeah. You didn't care about the turkeys. Not really. No. Oh. So tasty. <laughs> <laughs> so so good for you. And you and then you worked in uh, Camden selling bongs and t-shirts. Yeah. I'm interested in people's jobs before they became famous. <laughs> yeah. How was, what was your favourite T-shirt you sold in the well, drug-based T-shirt? I like t-shirt. the Pope. The Pope dope, obviously. <laughs> that was a big favourite. Um, we didn't sell that many. You know, there was like, take me to your dealer, kind of terrible things. Um, the, ba- the, ba- <laughs> <laughs> the bongs were more in- interesting. They were, uh, an interesting bong would always come in, you know, yeah. and, and you'd sort of tell people how to smoke their illegal highs through them. <laughs> and, and then, uh, so a lot of the time it was just like students coming in and you'd show them how a bong works. And then, um, and, and then there would just be a bunch of crackheads buying the really small <laughs> pipes, <laughs> really scaring you. <laughs> so it was a good sort of mixture. Mark Lamar walked by once. That, oh, okay. was, that was probably the most exciting um, thing that happened. I just there. walked by. Yeah, he just walked by. And we sort of went, hey, Mark Lamar. And he's kind of like, give us a look. And... Um, <laughs> And then, in the hope that Mark Lamar might walk past again, we had this uh, shelf where all the pipes and stuff were. And my co worker 
<laughs> lay in the shelf <laughs> under the glass, like stretched out his whole body and lay there in the hope that a comedy person might walk by and think that was really funny. <laughs> but he didn't walk by again. <laughs> but it was fun, yeah. <laughs> that's not how to get Mark the Mark, someone lying. That's not what he likes. Oh. Not someone lying what, in a case. His like? MTV's around there. There have been loads of comedians working there. Just I don't even remember Mark Lamar. Lamar. Mark Lamar. I probably walked past there. <laughs> On my way to my two weeks presenting MTV Hot. Uh, I wouldn't have looked in because I'm anti-drugs, even legal ones. Even ones used in hospital to help sick children. Very, very consistent. You're living in England now. Yeah. How's that going for you? I really Different love than it American. We say uh, pavement. That you do. Yeah. yeah, and I'm trying to teach my little boys to say things like that. I'll be like, on the sidewalk, p- pavement, because I don't want them to get made fun of at school. How's, how are you enjoying England? When, you've been here for about a year, have you? Coming up, yeah, 10, yeah. ten months now. Uh, love it a lot. We had a baby, or my wife had a baby here a couple months ago, which was great. Big fan of the NHS. Um, yeah, and uh, we're getting rid of that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that and the B- we don't like that. BBC NHS rubbish. Oh, get rid God, of so rubbish. NHS going online. Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny is they don't have gas and air in the U.S. Like when we, my what? wife, was, no air in no. the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> no gas. How are they going to drive their? Fucking... We breathe a gelatinous. No, we. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but just gas and air, like a tube like that comes out of the wall that you breathe when you're having a baby here. Yeah. They don't have that in the U.S. That's which I terrible, think is ter- terrible. It's means. so silly, because even if it's a placebo, which it's not, you still put a thing in your mouth that makes you go like... <gasps> which is a very helpful thing to do when you're having a baby. And then laughing gas comes out. So my wife was very happy with the gas and air. She had our baby in a pool, which is amazing. Yeah. In the U.S., they don't let you do that. I took too much gas and air in my first um, labor. Is that why your eldest is... <laughs> well, you can carry around like a balloon. <laughs> I found I thought the gas. I was really looking for because I've never take drugs, and I thought when I get in there, that's what I'm. Strong, I'm straight yeah. there, pushing my wife off that, and I'm straight. I'll just be sucking on that uh, while we're waiting. And I thought it didn't do. Just made me feel a bit lightheaded. Is that what drugs do? Is that yeah, it? that's yeah. That's, very disappointed. I would say if I was. It didn't make you want to dance. It, it, it didn't so make weird. It certainly didn't make me think I'd want to push a bowling ball out of my anus. You know, so that, that, oh, now I've done that. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get a monkey out my urethra. I don't think it was enough. I think the other drugs were better. Yeah, also helpful. Did you have the epidural? <laughs> I, I, I wish I did. My wife was inside. It's a horrible thing. I'm, I'm gonna. I think you're doing. I don't want to talk about it too much. I think you're doing similar stuff in your current show. But I'm, I went in my new show. You know, it's so horrible. This, it's meant to be the one most wonderful day, the day your baby's born. But it's so horrible seeing your wife in that much pain. So once the epidural was kicked in, she was very happy. Yeah. Uh, and was fine. We had it three or four hours. I wrote a blog. Uh, <laughs> she was just sitting there. She was happy. I've been, I've been good up to there. Yeah. No, my, no, well, that, that's fine. Yesterday's blog. Yeah, better get that. My, Gonna be busy later on. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because my wife had our first two in Los Angeles, and uh, in the United States, when you're pregnant, the they're like the woman has been afflicted with pregnancy. <laughs> squeeze money out of her. Hook her up to machines. And uh, here, it's just a midwife who's like. I was going, you want some tea or not? I don't care. And, and it, but it, except in a fun way. And so it was just lovely. And the fact that she was just breathing stuff out of the wall and got to have it in a pool, she just enjoyed the, the, the British birth so much more. 
Yeah. So much more humane and good. Well, maybe we should. We'll go and have the next one in America so the third one's more enjoyable. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> yeah. But it still would have been horrific. Yeah, but the fir- I cared with the first one, but like by the third one, I'm like, stop whining. <laughs> But it's even the bit, it's the bit before, I mean, once she had the epidural, she was sort of fine, but before she had the epidural, uh-huh. she was being sick, and she was yeah. really in pain from the contractions. Which yeah. I, you know, I thought, this is, it's going to be bad to begin with, and then it'll get much worse, but it was almost worse at the beginning. Okay. And we had a mid- midwife who wouldn't. It was like, well, you can come in, we'll probably send you home. Mm-hmm. My wife was going, I'm in so much pain. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and even when she was throwing up every minute, they were going, yeah, well, you might have to go... We're going to let you in. We're going to let you. It's just about four, four centimetres or whatever it had to be. We're going to, let, we're going to call it four centimetres. Uh, let you in. <laughs> so she wasn't like... All the rest of them were very nice. She was from uh, Northern Ireland. Then. My second midwife, uh, her nickname was Magic Fingers. Right. <laughs> oh. No tears. <laughs> my wife's midwife um, was... Uh, she was... Of Iranian descent, she had on a hijab and she had a thick Scottish accent. And she was like 19 and super cute. She was the most amazing person ever, and we live with Are her you now. Still in touch. Yeah, I wish. I wish. Seriously, she's the most fascinating and wonderful person I've met in yeah. many years. I mean, I think that might be considered bad if you sort of had got off with the midwife. As we, I'm sure it's happened. We know a guy who. Uh, had a male mid not, he didn't have it but his friend in his like NCT group had a male midwife and the dad and the male midwife hooked up during the pregnant during the birth or afterwards yeah during and I know that doesn't sound believable time. but I don't care because it's true <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was a robot it might have been a Could've robotic been. midwife and then that's fine Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Pulling was... uh I suppose where you well actually I think annually retentive was the first time I ever became aware of you you were on that show I was on that show but I was disappointed that you weren't in the bit that I was in I thought I'll do that because I might meet Sharon Horgan she's pretty cute <laughs> uh, and then, then all I met was Jimmy Carr and Rob Brydon what a waste of time <laughs> But, it was, <laughs> but that you kind of were the start. You sort of really shone in that show, I think, didn't you? And then, and then oh, left, oh, yeah. left yes, Bride behind. Like yes, indeed, yes. <laughs> but that's where you saw. I think is that fair to say where uh, you saw? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that was the thing that I did that 
um, he got me other jobs. I mean, I'd done other really sh- shit stuff um, before that. Short miscellaneous people in short track. <laughs> uh, I'd done a sort of weird panel show thing. I, I, I d- oh God, I did the first series of the Friday Night Project. Yes, you I did. I did some yeah. really odd stuff. Yeah. And then you know, and then I'd after forgotten about that first series. I'd become yeah. you know all in my memories just just in the Collins. It's pretty poor. It's pretty poor. That's all I can think of is just <laughs> most of the time about most things. But yeah, so it was you and Rob Rouse and was it Jimmy Carr? In the yeah, place? yeah. What a strange collection. <laughs> is any of that on YouTube? I didn't think you'd watch I'm it. Fucking hope not. Let's go. Let's all go and watch that. I really like Rob Rouse. He's really. Oh, funny. he's great. He's so lovely. I mean, not that I don't like Jimmy Carr. That sounds very. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I like Jimmy Carr as well. Jimmy Carr was definitely looking at me going, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't understand it at all. But then I I didn't either, so that's fine. So that's how how it starts. But uh, Pulling was obviously this... uh, Again, it was sort of a groundbreaking sitcom in terms of it uh, about being women behaving badly. Uh But I I just think men and women are the same, aren't they? In a lot of ways. That's why we're we're made to think that we're meant to act differently and people conform to their... Stereotypes a bit, but that's I think women, you know, clearly when men are going out pulling, there must be women that they are pulling and vice versa. <laughs> uh-huh. So we're all behaving in that way when we're in that stage of life. So it was kind of it was a, it was a, it was an unusual thing to see on TV at that time. Yeah, I think so, because it was completely anti sort of aspirational as yeah. well. It was, you know, no one ever looked at that show and thought, I want to be one of those <laughs> one of those girls. Um, but it was you know, it was really great fun to write. It was really great fun to do. And we all, you know, I think the main thing people talk about pulling is that it was cancelled. But Dennis and I, we just couldn't believe our luck that we even got a chance to do it, you know, in the first place. So yeah. we never felt bitter. Good. Well, you shouldn't because I don't think of it that it was cancelled. I think it was the best sitcom that ever happened. And now I don't, whenever a sitcom is longer than two series, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, pulling didn't need to be more than two series. So, what are they whining about? But that's a lot of UK sitcoms are just two series, and that's the decision. Yeah. You can just say it was our decision to yeah, make it. Yeah. Oh, it's too late. I think it's, I think it's lazy. I think people, if you should do, the, the people who choose to stop it are not the people who get stopped by the powers that be. But it sort of seems to me if you've got a good sitcom together, why stop at two series? It's I kind of... of sort of agree. But, yeah. I mean, I've never been in that position before. No. <laughs> I've never got past the magic... I, I I've never it, made it to magic three. I find it very difficult to get beyond the writing the script for the first one. <laughs> and then going, yeah, but it's nice. They pay me to write this script. Every year they pay me to write a new one. And I give it in. They go, yeah, it's good. I'm not going to do it. I, I think, <laughs> it's definitely a challenge to write. Yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think, and it's scary because you you don't want to fuck it up. And it's sort of easy. well. The only thing I wrote was Time General Police, which is is which was the Al Murray sitcom. But actually, you know, we did thirty seven episodes of that in two years. Fucking Nora. Uh, wow. And uh, but it became a lot easier. The first series, which was they gave us ten extra halfway through the series, and I was writing most of it. Oh that was God. quite hard. Wow. I had, to, I had to write an episode a week. Who did you write that with? I wrote it. Well, it was me and Al, but I'm because he was in it. Once we got into it. I was pretty much just writing it, and then we would rehearse it. It, was, it got to the point where they would record on Thursdays, I think. I would write on Wednesday and Thursday. The first rehearsal was Friday. I'd bring in what I'd written. They'd read it through. Then I'd go and rewrite it over the weekend. They'd read it on Monday, and then I'd rewrite it on Monday night, and then they, that would be the script. And then rewrite, because uh, it was in front of a live audience. Then it was audience. in front of an live audience, yeah. yeah. So they had Tuesday and Wednesday. To, Tuesday, yeah, and Wednesday sort out, and then it was recorded And you know other joke monkeys with you or anything? No. Gosh. Uh, so... <laughs> 
it was quite hard work. But I did actually. I think the ones I wrote quickly were, were once you get into it. Once you've done a lot of them, the ones I wrote quickly weren't noticeably worse than the early ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, with the first ones, we spent months writing them, and then and then it became longer. But the actual second series was only fifteen. It felt really easy to write that. And then we had really? to we did have a couple of other people writing episodes of that. But because you've got the characters and you know what's going on, so yeah. just, I mean, if you look at most American sitcoms, like I mean, I really love Community and Parks and Rec. And, uh, yeah, but they have five thousand. They writers. do, but, but they also have, you know they make those those work for seven series, six or seven long series, so a hundred episodes. Yeah, it's extraordinary, and it, and it does work for that. And often it's good by six, and then the seventh one slightly tails off, I think. But then they stop it, don't they? <laughs> so they kind of realise when it's when it's hit its hit its peak. I think usually. Not I'm only being silent because the more that I do, the less I know. So you're saying all oh, I'm like sounds good to me. I have no idea <laughs> how television is made. No. <laughs> you're doing quite well for a man who has no idea. Thank you. I, I think you're right at all. Are you, are you writing at all and he just comes in? <laughs> He's a pretty boy with a beard coming in <laughs> with his cock out in a little pouch. <laughs> when you said cock out, I was like, no. Then you said pouch, and I was like, yep. But, <laughs> but, that, but I, I, I find it, you both do so much, and, and you've got families, and I was sort of mentioning this backstage a little bit, but it's just, that's, it, how do you manage to get so much done is it just are you working like constantly yeah and nine, yeah. nine to five and yeah and then i work well you work in the evenings i guess because you stand up I, I work in the evenings as well right. so i i yeah i work from um nine usually sometimes half nine sometimes ten but till you know school finishes and yeah. then and hang out with my children for a bit remind them who i am and then <laughs> uh and then i work in the evening usually right. Yeah. It's sucky. Can't be bothered. To do it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be. I used to work that hard, um, and I still. Now I just prefer to do stuff like this, where you don't have to really. I've just written some things in here. Yeah, yeah. And then I come and talk to you. Yeah, it just feels bland, you know. It's nice. <laughs> Mix it up. Because you've been writing like American sitcoms, and yeah. pilots in America, and you is it, is it a series with Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah. And are you writing that? On your own, or with no? I've got a te- I've got a right proper writers team Have on you, that. Yeah. yeah, so it's a bit, you know, that kind of helps a bit. But so, do you write a first draft and then they take it away and punch it up, or uh, no, no, the other way around. You do um, like we just did a month um, in New York with all the writers there, and you kind of you just build the whole thing out of nothing. Like we'd already shot the pilot, so you have one, so you know your characters, and then you um, all these clever people in a room just kind of help. You just come up with ideas and get it all up on the board, and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And at the end of the month, you've got you write lines for a whole series, then you farm them all out to all the different writers, and yeah. then they go off and they write them, and then they give them back to you and you rewrite them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds all right. <laughs> that's, that's it, but it's, really. a, it's a complicated process in, in America, and like you've had ones that have gone over and, not, oh, and nothing's oh, yeah, happened with. Oh, yeah, loads. I've made loads of pilots that yeah. just come to nothing. But, you they know. treat writers quite well out there, though, I think. Is that... You mean money? Yeah. Well, and just respect <laughs> and... Well, yeah, no, yeah, I suppose, I suppose they do. I mean, you don't think they, you don't think they do here. Well, I don't think they give enough, because uh, I think, don't you think the writing is the, I mean, it's, once you've got the writing, then good actors will make it way better. But without yes. the good writing, you don't really yes, have it. Yes, of course, anything. of course. But uh, I suppose over there what they do is they give the writer, um, you know, the chance to be on set and to have a say in, you know, um, how, the, how the whole thing is um, um, pans out and how it's filmed and stuff. I suppose here, unless you're kind of in it or, you know, you've got a bit of clout, you kind of hand it over and then that's it, you know. Yeah. You kind of just have to... 
see the finished article and you know just like it or lump it. But then, you know, I think I think there's a it's a for me as a comedy fan, I think there's a lot of there's always bad sitcoms and bad comedies, but there seems to be a lot of on both sides of the Atlantic a lot of really top notch stuff coming out now. So that that those systems are working one way or another, whether it's the British two people working together or... Yeah, I know, but yeah, I, I think, well, it's, it's easier here because we've got these short little um, series, don't we? So, it's yeah. e- you know, it's definitely easier, but there's no possible way that machine could could continue to, to move in the States if they didn't have those great big sort of rooms of writers, but you kind of need money to do that. You need yeah. to sort of invest and spend a, spend a ton of dough, and I don't think we've got the money to do that here, do we? We've just got these... Tiny little silly budget. Speculate to accumulate, that's what yeah. I said. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you had to choose between dating someone who was uh, a, a man, who what? was this is for both of you, you had to choose between a man who was literally a six foot tall penis, that's all he was, Where but he has a face on this penis. On the tip? On, well, on the not. I mean, it could be the tip. I imagine it's on the helmet. I mean, you could. The eye could be his eye or mouth, but I imagine he's got like a face here, and then that's then the blowholes at the top. <laughs> or that's one option. Or a man who, instead of having a penis, has a tiny man. There. Wow! But how big is his tiny man? Well, it's about it's you know between four and six inches, four and t- eight inches on but, average. But but like, does it stay that four or six inches? <laughs> he may great. He may grow a little bigger when okay. he's excited. Yeah. So um, he's not going to get. Take- I'll take the man with the little man. Would you? What, what do you like about him as opposed to the... Uh... Well, what do I like? I just don't think... I, the other guy sounds like a monster. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't like to go to dinner with him because he'd have to feed himself. Very... Uh, <laughs> you don't like turkeys because they're ugly. You don't like penis men because they're ugly. You're very but does he by. have arms or anything? Where's no, his no, he has, what he has is some fake... He has like a suit, suit on with fake arms like Rod, like Rod Hull. <laughs> So he's done his best to look as human as he can. <laughs> but no legs. So like uh, a merman. No, he's just, he sort of he shuffles along no. on like a I, snail or no. a slug. I'll, I'll take the, the man with yeah, the man. So what about you, Rob? How would you <laughs> I would go man-man again. Because with both of them, sex would be out of the equation. So I might have somebody, might well, as well have somebody no, that... Can definitely. And actually, someone emailed me, and I'm sorry, I've, I've not remembered their name. But they said because the, um, the tiny man is connected to the cardiovascular system of the big man, yep. he doesn't need to breathe because he, will, he get, will get his oxygen through the blood. Jesus. Um, so, but, you so know, you wouldn't... If you were to insert him anyway, you wouldn't... I was worried about killing him yeah, with yeah. condoms and stuff. Although, you know what? I wouldn't let... Killing him with condoms. Uh, I, I wouldn't killing let himself. a man fuck me in the butt with his penis, but I would let a man with a... I, w- I would let the tiny man lick my butthole. LAUGHTER <laughs> With, backed up by a thrusting motion. Yeah, I would let... So I also guess, check around for yeah, stuff man, in there man. as well. No, nah, don't check, just lick. <laughs> just check and see if there's anything... If he was yeah. a doctor, qualified doctor... Yeah, yeah. He could lick let, and you'd then... let the tiny man lick your butthole. Yeah. How tiny his tongue's going to be its pointless. You wouldn't even feel it. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. I'm a very sensitive asshole. <laughs> If that turns up in the next series of Catastrophe, <laughs> I will know. <laughs> I've just written under Rob. I've got, like, more for you on my this. I've divided you in two. I don't know why I've put this. Rob, we've become monsters is what I've put under there. Does that mean anything to Agreed. you? Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> we've become monsters. Yeah. And what's that one say? I can't even read my... This is Women in Adventure. 
Call me what it says. I like them. Call me what it says. Women in adventure. <laughs> Tell me about women in adventure. My, my wife signed up for a 10K yesterday. Oh, there you go. Good yeah. My wife and I did a half marathon, a trail half marathon. So it was like mountains uh, a few years ago. And she beat me by over a half an hour. <laughs> uh, I like women in adventure. <laughs> I left my uh, baby in the car the other day and forgot she was in there. That's illegal. Uh, That's against the you, law. <laughs> delete this. What, have you, have you ever done that with your Did kids? Did you really do that? Well, it was, it was extenuating circumstances. We were in quite, had a quite a stressful weekend, which we should talk about. Oh, well, bit. then it's forgiven. And, uh, <laughs> my wife had lost her phone that she had, and it was in the car. Uh-huh. And we were meant to be going somewhere, and we were really rushed, and we were slightly arguing with each other. And we had to t- mm-hmm. I had to turn around and drive back to, so my wife could see if her phone was in the street. And then I had to park the car. We couldn't park anywhere because it's Shepherd's Bush. It's a nightmare. Hey, it's a lovely place. Uh, and, uh, and never during any of this did you notice that your baby was missing. Well, no, she was in the car all the time. So I got out of the car and left her in the car. So I, I forgot, but I forgot she was in the car because oh. she'd been in the back and I'd been driving her. And then I turned around. And then I parked and then I thought, oh well, I've, I've worked out how to find the phone. I can ring the phone. That's how tired we were. The, ba- that, the baby answered. No, well, no, but I was down. I was out in the street. So I, was, I thought I'll go down the street and I'll ring it. And if it's in the street, I'll hear it. And then I went to the house. Well, maybe I'll do the same in the house. My wife came in and said, uh, "Where's the baby?" And I, mm. <laughs> I, I just for a second I forgot yeah. I had a baby. That, you remembered you had a baby, <laughs> and there was a heat wave. <laughs> yeah, it was very hot. <laughs> uh, and she was in the back of the car. The car was locked. Oh. Uh-huh. Could have been towed because it was on a double yellow yeah. line. <laughs> or you know, just some madman in Shepherd's Bush could have come and shat on the, in the car. <laughs> you never done anything like that. I you always remembered you've got children. I think I've yeah. <laughs> oh, have you? Oh. <laughs> shit in a car. Uh, no, I don't believe I've, okay. I've ever done anything. Um, As if. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've done, you know, I've done bad things. I've, yeah. done, I've done things that, like, a sensible mother wouldn't do. I've kind of, uh, I, when, when I first had a kid, I, you know, I, I was breastfeeding, so I didn't um, drink for the first while. But when I started, I stopped breastfeeding so I could start drinking again. That's basically what I did. But um, my first couple of nights out, um, <laughs> I overdid it, obviously. And then um, I remember thinking, it's so amazing that the, the, when I have a big night out, the baby sleeps till 10. <laughs> it's just amazing. And, and, and obviously now I realise um, I was asleep till 10. Your breast milk. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because your breast milk was like 80 proof. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. No, no, no. Like, no, I always, I always pump with pump and, you know, get rid of yeah. that stuff. Or keep it for a little. <laughs> <laughs> pump it, put it in the fridge, and I'd pay $700 a pint for it. <laughs> Have you ever left your child somewhere? Yeah, I, I have did it three well. now, so it'd be a lot easier to do. Uh, but I can remember when I only had one uh, being at home and uh, leaving on foot. I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to go, rather than this shitty coffee I make, I'm going to go get a nice one. And I got about, not too far, about like an eighth of a mile from my house, and then I thought, oh, there's a baby back there. And uh, <laughs> remembered and went back. See, I think it's, at the beginning it's hard, it's easy yeah. to forget that you've got them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maybe. It's all very hard. I'm just seeing if I'm, you know. Oh, the thing in pulling, like that I was going to talk to you about in pulling, is one of the characters uh, shaves down to a Hitler moustache. Yeah. And then goes out in the street and gets beaten up having a uh, stash. Yeah. I had a Hitler stash for a year and I never, I, got, I I never got beaten up once. You never got beaten no. up? There was no... In fact, nobody, um, nobody even really... The worst thing that happened was uh, I passed a white van man at about 12 midnight on the night 
He looked at me and said, well done, mate, you're a man after my own heart. That was the worst thing. Everything Everything else was people just went... And, la- and sort of uh, the minute they were behind me, laughed like uh, the moustache made me deaf. You know, they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then just ah, like I wouldn't be able to hear that. And occasionally, you know, someone went, I had to hear the moustache. Jim Rosenthal saw me at the at the O2 when I was at Al Murray gig, and he and he said yes, he said to his wife, that man's got a hit moustache. Oh dear. He was the only. Yeah. He was the only person. Jim Rosenthal. Did you have a girlfriend at the time? I did. My I was with my wife, so it was a good, you know, test that my wife was the right person to be with. <laughs> that if she used to put up with me through that, I didn't have it for the entirety of the year, but I had it for most of the the uh. year. How was the? How was your? How was your sex life? Um, <laughs> well, it was good because she is a pervert, and uh. so it was, <laughs> and she is a Nazi as well. So it was very exciting. Very exciting. I think it was. I think it was fine then, before we had a baby. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, it was fine. She was, I think it was, she, she understood, she's understood a lot of things about me that, you know, I'm very lucky I found a very good woman. You really are. But she doesn't want you to do the robots thing. She doesn't, well, you know, that's why, I mean, in a way. She's not I'm, perfect. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm in the wrong there, I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, but that's, that's quite interesting, she would assume, I was really terrified. And I live in Shepherd's Bush, and like it's a you know a multicultural area, and, and I really thought people would be. And then the Guardian wrote a big article about me saying that I would. I took like three or four lines out of context, oh, like no. that I hate anyone from Pakistan or something. Oh, there, was no. like, there was something where there was some routine I'd done on the podcast where I'd said, uh, "Let's just solve all the world's problems. Just we'll decide who's right and who's wrong." Uh-huh. And then I said, "India's right. I hate everyone in Pakistan." And so then it said, <laughs> I hate Pakistan. Then in the garden it said, I hate Richard Herring with a hit moustache. says, I hate Pakistanis. Jesus. I'd like a bit of context on that, really, because it was sort of a joke. And I walk around and I've got a hit moustache. And it's quite, quite easy to spot who I am now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was, it was a weird time. That sounds your like your character enough. got beaten up straight. But every man does do that. What the, the shape? Yeah, yeah. You'll do it when you take that thing off. Well, I grow a beard all the time. I, yeah. What I do is I just shave once every couple of months, and then it grows back because I don't want to have a beard. It's just because of all the kids that I have. If I go in to shave, like something will explode or a kid will fall <laughs> down a well, and then I have to run out. So now I just don't shave. That's why I have a beard. <laughs> so what's Sharon? What's it like? Uh, your brother. I suppose everyone goes on about your brother. Mark, who's a producer for a multi-platform <laughs> media production company. Does everyone they go actually, on about that all the time? They actually do go yeah. on about Mark, because yeah. uh, he uh, produces uh, one of the most successful um, sports shows in Ireland, oh. uh, called Second Captains. Um, they have a podcast, if you want to um, tune into that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, actually, they do, Mr. Snidey. <laughs> <laughs> he took me out in Dublin, we had a blast. Yeah. Her other brother's a famous rugby player, but I wouldn't know anything about that, nor would any... Look at these, they know. I don't know anything about sport. I thought they would like it because he was a multimedia nerd. I thought everyone would go, hey! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Shane isn't playing anymore, so you're you're a bit out of date there. I don't care. (laughs) If I liked him, I'd have him on, wouldn't I? But I don't don't like rugby. You should have them both on. They're very funny. Should I get both of them on yeah, next cool. I've got space on the 20th if they want to come on. <laughs> we can find out all come about on, the turkey farm. Come on, get my sisters farm. down as well. Yeah. you got like, well, how many, how many cousins have you got? Because uh, Roisin Conti was on. She's got 80 first cousins. 80? Yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea. I, don't, I couldn't I, count them. There's too many to count. <laughs> I, I've actually got no idea. I don't know how many cousins I have. 
I um, I know four of them, uh, but I assume there's a ton more. <laughs> I've got a load in New Zealand as well, so oh, yeah, but yeah. I don't really. Because you're descri- the paper described you as an English Irish uh, actress actor, and you're from New Zealand. You put New Zealand and Ireland, really. <laughs> well, my dad's a uh, New Zealander, and my yeah. mum's um, Irish. Now, I was born in London, but I was yeah. brought up in Ireland. So I mean, I it's don't know. Confusing, isn't it? It's a little bit. What is your What is your child who's been born in England? Are they American or English? Uh, American. Yeah, they don't care if you were born. If you were born to American <laughs> parents here, then you're American and you get a U.S. passport. I think you have to be here for quite a while before the U.K. will acknowledge your existence. <laughs> it's sort of a new thing. It used to not be that way, but now they're like, "Fuck you, guys." <laughs> so she can't, he, he can't get an English pass, British passport. He, maybe when he turns five, yeah. I think is what he is, then he could. Are you going to plan to stay in the UK or are you going to move back? I don't know. We're crazy about it. Uh, my eldest son is about to start reception and, you know, they've, they've got British accents now since they're so young, <laughs> which is adorable. We love it here. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in any regard. The none of us. None of us. Love to stay. I mean, I love London, love LA. Flip a coin. I don't care. <laughs> you can live in both, can't you? No. no. I mean, you're really not with kids at that age. No. They would go insane. <laughs> um, I'll ask you another moment. Do you have any idea, good ideas for terrorist atrocities? Because I keep thinking them up. Terrorist atrocities. Don't you, think, don't you keep making up terrorist atrocities? I'm always, I've, got, I've actually got an anti-terrorist uh, plan for you now. Because I've, I've given a lot of terrorist ideas out. And I'm oh, worried wow. they'll be implemented. The thing I do now is when I have a free newspaper... I, uh-huh. In case anyone starts like machine gunning people on the tube, yeah. I roll it up into like yeah, a yeah. cudgel, yeah, and uh, then I'll, throat. they won't expect you to hit them with a newspaper. A rolled up newspaper, yeah. you could really, you, you can, get, you know, yeah, I'll show so you something backstage. Uh, another thing, I'm ready. So that is my anti-terrorist. All oh, have that, and then no one's gonna arrest you for having that. But you could really, if you cracked them in the temple with that. Yeah, anti-terrorism. There's a lot of things you can do to people's feet that they're yeah. not expecting because they think you're going to go for like center mass. You can fuck up people's feet with relative ease. Yeah. Also, uh, have you ever had your armpit? Do it to yourself. Pull your armpit hair, grab yeah. it by the fist and pull it down. Do it backstage where you can really do it. Unbelievably painful. So you can disable somebody with their armpit hair. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. I do it to Sharon often. Uh, <laughs> what I do... <laughs> In my terrorist uh, fantasies, what I do is I pretend, I think about times in my life when I've been close to death, and then I try to just wrap myself in that blanket, and I think I'm definitely going to die, and then just go and try to kill as many of them as you can with your hands. (laughs) And so I just, I think if you're ever faced in a situation with violence, just be like, I'm definitely going to die, and then maybe you won't, it'll be a nice surprise when you don't. And then just go windmilling in. Yeah, Yeah. just go nuts. Well, I don't think they'll be, I don't think the terrorists will be expecting that. That's the thing. If you attack yeah. them, yeah, yeah, with the news, with the well, whatever. Role? I think they'll be expecting you to run away or just die. But if you go, I'm going to go and come and get you. They'll they'll go. Ooh, yeah, yeah. No, be you a have surprise. To, yeah, just go nuts yeah. and laugh. Wait, wait, if they cut you and you bleed, be like, ha, ah, I like that, and then they'll be scared. <laughs> yeah, you have to go a total psychopath. Yeah. I'm just going to run away. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever come up with? I, I'm both. I'm kind of obsessed with everything that can go wrong. It's I, and especially now I've got a. A child. I just think mm. my brain is my worst enemy because it thinks of everything that could go wrong all oh, the time. Yeah, constantly. Uh, yeah. You mean? Uh, well, just, everything. Just yeah. like that guy, that guy flying that plane into that mountain. That's just really fucked me mm, off. That guy oh. sucks. You know that now. Well, it's not just when you're on a plane. Yeah. It's like you could be in a. 
we could be on the back of a rickshaw and the bloke goes, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm going to drive us off a cliff. I'm crazy. There's no point like, in the safe, If you start realising that people, yeah. you could be a doctor in the hospital going, yeah, I'm going to inject you with some medicine and they just inject yeah. you yeah. with a deadly poison. Oh my God, I'm never going to take a rickshaw yeah. again. No, no. <laughs> no but that even if they example. just decided to drive it into a skip, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, they really Like pedal. whiplash. You're like, I cut my knee rather badly. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad as the plane guy, but it could, you could get... I, I, I have that all, all the time, constantly. Yeah. Like, I walk down the street and I'll, I'll think uh, something massive is going to fall on my head yeah. and I'll physically kind of just flinched all throughout the day. I'm thinking I'm going to die. When I was a little, when I was like eight, my science teacher at my primary school was like, he was like, you see the slate up on that roof and it was like four stories up? He's like, one of those slid off, cut your head clean off, you wouldn't know what could happen. And I already ate now that I thought, now I cannot see any kind of slate roofing without imagining my eight-year-old head being like, pop, And uh, now it's almost soothing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, someone told me a story that they had a flat opposite a big department store in London that some uh, like a thing fell off oh. and just said you wouldn't believe how much blood there is in the purse. Oh. Just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's oh, you know, that's it. If you're, that's quite if you're going to go, oh. that's quite a good way to go. Is you it? Well, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Just I don't like know. Big, Maybe you would. A gargoyle falls on your I head. I want a little bit of. I want to at least be like, oh fuck. Like, I want, <laughs> give me a second. I I, I don't want to necessarily feel it, but I'd love to know what's going to happen. But I see. Then the other. I talked about this the other week. The other day, I nearly choked on a, an apricot apricot stone. Oh, I was on wow. my own in the house, and I oh, ate, ate, ate the whole stone. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was convinced it was. I was convinced it was trapped in my throat. I was, I was uh-huh. trying to get it. I couldn't get it up. And I thought I'm going to die. And I was just embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just like going. Oh, this, I was thinking my mum, my uh, my mum, my wife and my <laughs> mum, my mum. <laughs> My wife and my baby are going to come home and just find me dead on the floor and oh, no. find out how I died. I, and they and would be, be right if they went, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't thinking, oh, no, I've got to think about, you know. I was just thinking, That's how your daughter would remember you, the kind of idiot who would yeah. like, <laughs> well, eat an hey, in First of all, they would go, you know, my dad's dead. And people yeah. Go, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. And they'd never go, what, what happened? How did you die? Are we eating yeah. eggs in he ate some fruit in the fish and then, and then they would go what, well, what fruit was it and then they'd go an apricot like, ooh you know uh, fresh apricots who does he think Fellini yeah. Fellini I think choked to death on a mozzarella stick uh, Tennessee Williams choked to death on the cap of a medicine bottle so he'd be in pretty illustrious yeah. company it would but it's interesting because I thought I probably am going to die and I yeah. wasn't scared I was you just embar- I was in, no I just thought oh. you did I just thought it's I just, I, I guess, it, yeah, it's, what it, you, I never saw it again, so it's either growing still inside in there. Me. You can still cough it up It's quite on small. It. I just, it just it obviously scraped my throat on the way down, so it felt mm. like it was okay. stuck in yeah. my throat. Have you um, been collecting your stool since to make sure you comb through it? I expected, because it hurt on the way down, and that's uh-huh. quite a big opening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was expecting. <laughs> so, well, oh, so you mean when it comes out of your big, windy asshole, you definitely won't feel it? <laughs> your big, floppy asshole. I was expecting it to. <laughs> I was expecting some chafing. But it escaped like a prisoner, like those prisoners down the sewage pipe, disguised as a turn. And floated away, because if I got it, I'd have got it out and I'd have kept that somewhere special. I'd have mounted that as the... But it's kind of interesting to think you're going to die and then not... Yeah. Not be... Well, just not think, oh, no, this is terrible. It was overridingly 
embarrassment. Oh. Yeah, I, I've, um, I'm very accident prone, so um, I fall over a lot and get knocked down quite a lot. And uh, so um, I, I've never um, once sort of thought I was going to die, no. but I have a few times thought I might have severe brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd never walk again, yeah. one of those. I get mad when people do stupid things in front of me where they could die. <laughs> My wife and I climbed a half dome in Yosemite National Park, which is a super hard thing to climb. And when you get up near the top, there's like a track that you're supposed to stay on because they're like, you're going to die if you go on either side of this because it's too easy to fall off this big mountain. You're like, that's boring. No, you're, no, just, no, you're like, fuck, I don't want to hear that story. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember some guy... <laughs> Some guy went outside the thing, and my wife was like, "Ah, oh, fuck, this guy's going to make us watch him die. And we were so angry. Not like, how can we help him? We were like, he's going to ruin our vacation by dying in front of us. And he did, and it did. <laughs> it's still crushing that in now, to this day. Um, I do a thing called uh, Desert... Oh, we should stop in a sec. Richard? Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you. I haven't done either of them. You didn't remind me about the first one either. Uh, there's two things I have to do. This should have been the opening monologue. <laughs> Alex Newsom and Joey Cannon have a very happy wedding. Or if only Joey is listening, ask uh, Alex. Oh, so no, if only Joey is listening, ask her, why? Why? Look at him, why? Uh, so that is from Jamie Cox, who obviously secretly fancies his, his friend's fiance. Uh, so thank you for that. He paid some money uh, for that. And uh, I have to ask you a question. Just hoping I've got the right one. Uh, this is from Victoria, Victoria Muir. Um, what's the one thing you wouldn't want your mother to find out? That's quite a good question. If I thought of that. But I, she I won't can. This. Well, you don't know. Yeah. My, my dad is um, quite um, enthusiastic about what I do, so he'll, he'll find it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't know what you're, you're, you, you're, you're all right, because your mum's in bloody Carolina or somewhere else. No, no, no. Um, yeah. She, my mom would likely find out too. Uh, I mean, I can tell you, I know when I first joined Twitter, yeah. uh, my mom would read the things that I'd written and she'd call me and she didn't know how Twitter worked yet. She thought it was like a board that anybody could post on and she'd call me and she was like, Rob, honey, people are posting disgusting stuff <laughs> on, on your twitter.com profile. I don't know why. Do you have, did you give them access? Are you able to take down what they've written? And she didn't know that it was me writing things. <laughs> And I, so, but for like a good year, I was like, yeah, oh God, I know, I gotta figure out how to get, yeah, it is a shame. And then like at one point she was like, I understand that you, you are writing these things. And I was like, sorry. And she was pretty upset, understandably. I'd yeah. hate my mother to find out that I'm an Al-Qaeda. That would be, that would suck. <laughs> that would be bad. But surely like you've done so much, you put so much of yourself into what you've Written, I, yeah, you know, you've, I, I, I thought my, my auntie's a, a nun right. and, and my you know parents are pretty much Irish and, and very Catholic and so I always um, I, I thought I, you know by now they would have disowned me but they, they're so into that right. they, they, <laughs> they, they, they really enjoy it and that's yeah. always a surprise to me yeah I think I've got over the embarrassment you know I, I, I remember being embarrassed when my parents came to my stand up gigs early on yeah. especially when I mentioned them and I got emotional when I talked about I, I did a show called the headmaster somewhere in the end I kind of uh, spoiler alert uh, realised that it was harder for my dad being my headmaster than it was for me being but I genuinely hadn't thought about it from his point of view until sure, I was sure. 40 years old and, but then when he was in the audience you know and I was saying 
having to say he was a nice guy. That was mm. the hardest thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the harder thing to do. So, mm. you know, that broke. But now I kind of say anything. And I go to Cheddar every year and do my current stand-up show oh, okay. in the, at the school. And the, they've got a little theatre, not in front yeah. of the pupils. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but it's sort of... They've all been... Every year until this year, it's like I'm doing... Talking cock, or Christ on a bike, or Hitler moustache. Yeah, just yeah. they won't even put the title up around Cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like really embarrassing for my parents in the long way. They're a bit part of the community, but you know, yeah. got used to it. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing I wouldn't. Once it like pays the bills, yeah. like before it paid the bills, I was ashamed of myself. Yeah. Once it, I could buy like underpants with comedy money, I was like, I don't care what anyone thinks. <laughs> when, when you started earning money, yeah. what was the first sort of adult thing you wanted to buy? Well, I don't know if that's happened yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. Mine was mint Viscounts. <laughs> what are, what are those? <laughs> I just couldn't believe that I could buy any kind of biscuit. And just the world of biscuits was open to me. I think I had biscuits before I earned money. <laughs> but any kind of, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if I'd really want. But I, was, I remember being a kid and thinking, what well, I'd like to be in a position where... I could have a whole bar of chocolate and not to share it with anyone. <laughs> that seemed like an impossible goal like, that would never happen to you, however, however well you did. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I wrote a book about my, the year I turned 40. It was the year I met my wife, but the, what I was doing before I met my wife, which was pretty disgusting. It was. And my mum read it. Uh, and there's a bit in the book where um, I'm having a threesome and a woman tries to put a champagne bottle up my anus. Uh-huh. And I, I'm not really into it. Uh, and, uh, and my mum read the whole thing and she said, yes, it's exactly what... There was nothing in it I didn't expect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, the bit where the oh woman wanted to put the champagne bottle... But once you've why, that, why did she want to put that up there? I think she thought I would like it. I said, no, thanks. Uh, right. but, but was it... Oh, had it been drunk? Yeah, it was like an empty bottle. Oh, right. I did. did well, I, she wasn't planning to open it with my anus. Is it? Here's the two things. <laughs> now you've said that. I can kill two birds with one yeah. stone here. Here, my mom wouldn't want to know this. Is that I did the one time I ever participated in a threesome was my freshman year in college. The only cool part about it was like when something was like crackling in the air, and I was like, "What is a threesome about to happen?" <laughs> and then it, yeah, that was cool. Then it started happening. I didn't know what to do and everything. And then it ruined my relationship with both of the girls so badly that I went to a party at their house a few months later after not having spoken to them. And I went to take a piss and I lifted up the toilet lid and my, they had put my picture on the back of the toilet lid. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I wept. <laughs> but were you not um, shy about your... I mean, you've obviously just revealed that now for the first time. In public yeah. to people. Uh, were you not shy about writing about a threesome and a champagne bottle up your hole in, in a book? That, that... Well, I kind of thought it was important because it was quite... Uh? It was quite. It was an honest book and I wondered because... Because I, I think because in the, by the end of the book I'd kind of turned things round. I, I wanted to be mm-hmm. quite honest okay. about... So it's like... You wasn't like champagne it wasn't a, you know, it's not like... Still quite good, but it's still a good. I'm glad I did it. It was a thing that I was really sort of obsessed with doing. And I took, thought you had, didn't do me, it. I thought you wouldn't let her. Well, no, no, not. I mean, having a threesome. <laughs> uh, it was the, the champagne bottle wasn't part of it. But uh, but you know, I kind of wanted to show how far I'd gone, and it was actually quite. It was just about two mu- a month or so before I met my wife that this happened. Oh wow! So and so it was like you. it opened the door to me. Once I'd done, had someone tried to put a champagne bottle up my ass that I didn't want. Oh wow! Now it was okay for me to get married. So it was a beautiful, <laughs> it was a beautiful part in that. 
In my I assumed that was in the... Knowing that it happened less than 20 years ago, I'm a little grossed out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, put it in your vows? Like when you're... <laughs> a lovely story. No, but it was, you know, there were worse things. There was bad things. You know, it, was a, it was a difficult... Yeah, it, it was a difficult midlife crisis time. <laughs> but thankfully, hopefully... Well, there's no way back now, is there? <laughs> I can't go back to those days <laughs> without murdering my wife and child. That would be... Now I've said that in the podcast, though, if anything happens to them, mm-hmm. people are going to... I'm going to be the first person... You would have been anyway. If, they, if, if, they're, if they're dead, the police come in and I'm having uh. a threesome, they'll go putting two and two together. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to go, because I've managed to embarrass myself more than either of you. And that is not, that is not the point of this podcast. You cleverly... Like, Louis through Louis through Louis Theroux'd me. He started he? turning it around on me. Yeah, he got to wait for that. Oh, wow. He started questioning me about my disgusting life. <laughs> and saying, maybe I should do one about stand-up comedians. So should... <laughs> There'd be better stand-up comedians than me to do that about that, wouldn't there? No, there wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, no, there wouldn't be, Richard. No, maybe not. Well, thank you very much for coming on thank to you. my podcast. It was lovely to see you this again. And lovely to see you first time. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan. <laughs> How do you like them sky potatoes? <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. 
and um, would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.